After 67 days, welcome back to another episode of Thoughts and Meditations on Christianity. It's good to be back. After a summer of camp ministry, I'm finally able again to start releasing new content. I've decided to record a series in which I discuss the essential beliefs of the Christian faith. Augustine of Hippo, and his authorship is heavily debated with this quote, was quoted as saying, In essentials unity, in non-essentials liberty, in all things charity. We live in a culture where all truth is subjective, and Christian orthodoxy is being attacked from within the church itself. The only way to know orthodoxy is to submit to the authority of the Holy Writ, which less and less people see as infallible and inspired these days. The most important question all of humanity must ask themselves is, Am I in the good graces of a holy and righteous God? One simply cannot be a Christian if they don't prescribe to certain theological beliefs, and I hope that through this series we can push through the shadow of deception that calls into question so many essential and historical Christian doctrines. There has only ever been one God, but wicked and corrupt humanity has always contended for the throne. Whether it was the pharaohs of ancient Egypt who were viewed as gods by the people, or the carved idols of ancient Mesopotamia made by human hands, humanity has from the garden willingly and woefully rebelled against its creator. Since the dawn of humanity, there has only ever been two groups of people in the world, the group that clings to God for deliverance in this world and the next, and the group that doesn't. In our study of essential Christian doctrines, we must start at the very top, the umbrella of all doctrines. Doctrine number one, we as Christians believe in only one God. Like the other two religions in the Abrahamic tradition, Christianity is distinctively monotheistic. The triune nature of our Creator is not contrary to this belief, and we will discuss the Trinity in greater detail later in this series. The monotheistic nature of Christianity is in direct contrast with the religions of Far Eastern culture. For example, according to which Hindu you ask, they either recognize 30 or 300 million separate deities. Either way, Hinduism is distinctively polytheistic in nature. And much closer to home, Mormonism is by definition polytheistic as well, as a quick survey of Mormon doctrine and teaching would reveal. It should be noted that Mormonism is best defined as henotheistic, a subsection of polytheism. Henotheism is best defined as a religion that focuses its worship on one god out of many, or in the case of Mormonism, three separate gods, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And it should also be noted that Mormon doctrine teaches that God the Father was not the first god, nor the last as a central tenet of Mormon belief centers around the idea that practitioners of the faith can, through exaltation, attain the level of God. So is the Christian faith monotheistic according to Scripture? Historically, what distinguished orthodox belief from heterodox belief was the authority of Scripture. So if we claim that an essential doctrine of the Christian faith is that there is only one God, then we must be able to substantiate that claim by appealing authoritatively from the Word of God. So the following verses safely put this doctrine in the Orthodox box. Starting with Deuteronomy 4, 35 and 39. It reads, To you it was shown that you might know that the Lord is God. There is no other beside Him. 
Know therefore today, and lay it to your heart, that the Lord is God in heaven above, and on the earth beneath there is no other. Isaiah 43, 10 and 11 says, Before me no God was formed, nor shall there be any God after me. I, I am the Lord, and besides me there is no Savior. Isaiah 44, 6 and 8 says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and I am the last. Besides me there is no God. Is there a God besides me? There is no rock. I know not any. Moving to the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 8, 4 through 6 reads, Therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and that there is no God but one. For although there may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many, quote, gods and, quote, lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. And finally, James 2.19, James writes, You believe that God is one, you do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. So is the belief in only one God essential for salvation? Some may ask, can't I place my faith in Jesus but still acknowledge other gods? Ultimately, what determines an essential belief from a non-essential belief is the matter of justification and saving faith. For instance, as we descend the ladder from essential to non-essential, we see issues that have no bearing on the salvation of an individual. A comical example being the preference for pews or chairs in the sanctuary. Submitting to the authority of Scripture, we know that it is by grace that we have been saved through faith, Ephesians 2.8. Further, we know that if we confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved, Romans 10.9. From Jesus' own lips, we hear, repent and believe the gospel, Mark 1.15. To sum up these verses, faith alone in Christ alone. But what accompanies that faith is also of eternal significance, as James would attest to. See James 2, 18-20. Faith that produces zero fruit or that withers away is seen to be no true faith at all. In a similar vein, a faith that rejects the central core doctrines of Christianity can likewise be seen as a false faith. So steering the ship back around, is the belief in only one God essential for salvation according to Christianity? The answer is a resounding yes. And here are three short reasons why. Number one, hearkening back to Isaiah 44, God himself says there is no God besides him, no salvation or rock beside him, and that he knows not any. One who professes Christ but worships or acknowledges a God besides Jehovah is in direct rebellion to the words of God and God himself, making him or her to be at enmity with him. Secondly, if one practices polytheism, then that person is by definition an idolater, not a Christian, and will not enter the kingdom of heaven, Revelation 21.8. And finally, one who professes to place their faith through the Son but believes in other gods as well, is either adding to the salvific nature of the cross or making the cross insufficient for sinners. And when you add to the cross, we stumble into some serious soteriological problems. 
In short, I will admit that this essential belief is and will be one of the most obvious essentials in this series. Put simply, Christians must believe in one God. And for many professing Christians who did or will eventually fall away, the monotheism polytheism debate was not the straw that broke the camel's back. But we must also not take this seemingly easy belief for granted. For the majority of the history of the world, paganism was predominantly polytheistic. And only with the rise of Judaism, Christianity, and later Islam has the world crossed over to a monotheistic majority. But as we will see in the upcoming weeks, what shared ground these Abrahamic traditions have is few and far between. Thanks for listening to this podcast. You can check me out on Twitter at 27 underscore Brett underscore 91. Join me again next week as we look at the issue of justification by faith alone.